So as Guy mentioned yesterday, today we're going to be inviting you to begin developing a formal metta or loving-kindness practice as part of this intention for this retreat where we'll be exploring these three complementary practices of the breath meditation, metta, and then awareness. And as I said at the very beginning, we don't want to hold those as completely distinct, separate, you know, not touching each other, but really informing each other. And that throughout the retreat, the steadiness of the breath meditation, the warmth of the metta, the spaciousness of the awareness practice, each of those three qualities are important for each of the practices. And so in making this shift today, again, as an invitation, as an option for you, really seeing if you can bring in those perspectives to the metta practice that you develop. I often teach um, uh, metta retreats, intensive metta retreats, intensive anapanasati retreats. And if I was teaching a metta retreat, we usually begin the first day or so inviting people just into a spacious awareness of the body and the breath, much like what we've been doing here, to sort of get people oriented to mindfulness practice, being in the body, bringing in that warmth, but not really focusing on a formal practice in the first day. Um, If I'm teaching a concentration retreat, we'll usually teach a formal session of one of the Brahma Viharas in the afternoon, so bring in that quality of metta, compassion, joy, etc. Here with a month retreat, we've got the luxury of really extended periods of these different practices. And so it's with that intention that we offer now this switch, not to you know, make an abrupt change, but really to see the basic intention of these practices is finding well-being and contentment ease in the here and now, and supporting the mind and heart in its uh, opening towards deeper and deeper liberation. This is what all of these practices are intended to do. So in that way also, they're complementary. And after the quietness of the breath meditation, to start doing metta, especially metta with phrases, can feel like we've dropped you into Times Square. All of the intentions and people, relationships and feelings that might come up with the metta practice, and it can seem like a lot of doing. We've been emphasizing the receptivity of the breath, the quietness of the breath, the calm that gets developed. And to begin a formal metta practice with phrases, there has to be some effort and intention around that. But again, how can we do it with, it's like if you've ever done qigong movements, the instruction always is, how can you do that movement with as little effort as possible? So it's just very natural and responsive effort rather than a forced doing. And so coming out of this week or so of the breath meditation, how can you bring that flavor into the metta practice that you develop? I'll just uh, talk point to in more the guided meditation about using the breath 
within the phrases, and there can be that uh, alignment. But it's more the the spirit, the quietness, that's I think helpful. There's no extra points for how many phrases you say, how loud you say them. Um, it really always comes back to the feeling. And so beginning with this warmth, this kindness, this simple uh, experience of metta, just very uncomplicated, and then letting the practice build from there. And then we'll talk more at the end about each of you finding what's the right balance here. Is it now moving to metta? For some of you, your hearts might be lifting up at the thought of doing metta and having something to actually pay attention to other than the breath, something a little more clear or um, relatable. For others, you've really relished the quiet and the silence. And so we're all different. There's no right way. These just skillful means to develop, as I said, these three qualities, the steadiness, the warmth, and the spaciousness. Each of us will see what feels right. And so we'll begin by offering um, instructions using what I would call sort of formal practice with phrases. And uh, we will eventually include what is sometimes known as the radiating metta, where it's just more spacious without the phrases. But we find that the phrases really help with the concentration, certainly, and giving a, a, a shape to the metta. And then when that's established, it can be beautiful to drop the phrases or simplify the phrases and just stay present with the heart quality. But many of us get lost in that, especially in the beginning. It's too spacious. We lose contact with the intentionality of the practice. So we'll be offering a balance of these different kinds of practices. And in your study guide, you don't need to look at it, but there is a page on the Brahma Viharas with um, the instructions the Buddha gave on what we'd call the radiating of the Brahma Viharas and then some suggestions for phrases for the different Brahma Viharas, including metta. If I know the mind can sometimes just think, what was that phrase again? I've said it a thousand times. So we've got some simple ones written here, and we'll put some more suggestions up on the board as well. So I love that the first instruction for metta practice is always sit comfortably. And it's not as though we ever tell you to sit uncomfortably, but it's particularly valuable or supportive if the body is at ease, it's more likely that the heart can soften. So again, this exploration, and it's almost already an act of metta or kindness to the body to sit comfortably and to know you can move or adjust. We're training the heart, not the body here. Though, of course, some certain stillness does help with the steadiness of the practice, but the main instruction is to sit comfortably. And that doesn't mean, of course, slouching or slumping because that does not support ongoing well-being. But this balance that we keep talking about, uprightness, alertness, and then softening.
And even though we're going to be using phrases, words that we shape the intention for well-wishing, it's important that this is not just mental, a mental practice, or that you do it in a rote way. So we always begin with, as we do, we've been doing in our practice, sitting and feeling the body, inviting the sense of relaxation or ease, softening places of tension. In the breath meditation, we've offered different ways of being with the breath, whole body, the nostrils, chest, or abdomen. As we begin this practice, it can be helpful in the same way of just sitting, knowing the body, relaxing the body, and attuning a little to the breath this movement of life in the body. Perhaps it's with the sense of the whole body or the torso. But in this practice, if you do refine the awareness of the breath, you often find it helpful to let the attention rest in the center of the chest, the heart area. We often consider the seat of our emotional life as we experience it physically. So again, just taking a moment to connect with the breath in the body, either a spacious breath in the torso, or just letting your attention rest gently in the center of the chest. This can be a place to come back to if you get lost or confused or tired in the practice, or perhaps between phrases, or is actually the foundation of the metta practice, that it's based here in the body, in the heart. It's not a mental activity. Traditionally, in this practice, we begin where it's said to be easiest. It's another beautiful instruction from this teaching. Where is it easy to send off the metta? And traditionally, this is considered to be oneself. That is the place to begin, to wish well to yourself. And that that seems simple and obvious. And from there we can radiate out to others. But for many of us, the self is not necessarily easy as a place to start, but it's certainly important. So we'll just do a few moments of metta for self and then I'll offer more choices.
Even if it doesn't feel natural or easy, it's so healing to consciously and intentionally wish yourself well. And the proximate cause for metta is reflecting on the person's goodness, their good qualities, their sila, their generosity. So for yourself, what could be one quality or one intention, one aspiration you know you hold that you value, you appreciate in yourself? The care you take with your family and friends, your love of nature or animals, your commitment to your practice, The fact of being here for a month or more. Purity and the wholesomeness of that intention. You don't have to tell yourself a story, but just can you feel the goodness that's there in your actions. Again, we're all mixed beings, but there's a basic intention here towards goodness non-harming, kindness. Touch into that for a moment for yourself. And then from that place of appreciation, wish yourself well. Again, many of you have phrases that you've developed I'll just use the fairly traditional ones, and you can certainly vary them. May I be safe and protected from harm. As you say the phrase, have a sense of yourself sitting here, or perhaps an image of yourself in a place where you feel well-being and safety, at home, out walking, perhaps being creative, active, whatever it might be. There's the image or the felt sense, the caring, the appreciation, and then the phrase that meets that, comes out of that. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. And with each of these phrases, taking your time as we begin exploring each time, it's a new new practice, even if you've done it before. Reconnect with the meaning of the words, especially those key words. Safety. Happiness, health, ease. Just feeling into what it would mean, what it would feel like to really sincerely wish that for yourself, or whatever variations work for you.
One way to do this practice, combining with the breath and to help to give more spaciousness to the phrases is we can be quiet on the in-breath and offer the phrase on the out-breath. And seeing if that works for you. If your phrase is somewhat long, you can say a phrase over a whole in-breath and out-breath and be quiet on the next in-breath and out-breath and just resting in the body and the heart with this intention towards goodwill. So again, experimenting with the pacing of the phrases, feeling into the meaning of the words. Now you can stay with metta for yourself if that practice is flowing for you. Or could choose someone from what we call the easy category. These first few categories in the list that we use, self-benefactor, friend. Sometimes there's an easier doorway to the metta feeling than metta for self. The benefactor, someone who supported you, inspires you, has been a teacher for you. You have an easy feeling of appreciation and goodwill towards. Could be someone you know, a grandparent, a teacher in your professional or academic life, sporting coach, might be someone you don't know, but whose books or writings, teachings inspire you. But there's a relatively uncomplicated sense of appreciation and warmth. This is the benefactor category. Or the dear friend, again, someone with whom there's a relatively easy relationship, 
sometimes a little more complicated, but you can access the metta feeling. Whoever you pick, taking a moment to really feel into their being, the essence of this person and their good qualities, why they're a benefactor or a friend, appreciating them. And then from that sense of connection and appreciation, offer them the phrases of metta, with a visual sense of them or the sound of their voice, holding that in your heart. So you really connect with them. Perhaps you say their name, and then you wish them well. Staying steady with the phrases, not rushing. You get lost being willing to begin again, make the connection again with this person or with yourself. And just gently but persistently offering these phrases of well-wishing.
So we'll continue offering instructions for this practice over the coming week or so, <clears throat> encouraging you to find a way to develop it that supports where you are in your practice. Again, it's not like now this complete turn and we're all on the meta engine and trying to make that work if it doesn't feel intuitive for you. So experiment. You know, how can you do it in a spacious, gentle way that will continue the deepening of the concentration? Because metta is a concentration practice. and The main vehicle we're using here is the repetition of the phrases. So it could be that you just turn completely to metta, that practice is um, natural for you and it develops. I was going to say easily. I mean, metta is a purification practice, right? So... But there will be challenges for, for each of us in different ways. But there can be a kind of momentum that you're familiar with that, that you can start developing. And so you might just now do metta all, all day long, as soon as you wake up till when you go to bed. Or that may not feel right to you. So it could be that you do mornings of metta and afternoons and evenings stay with the breath or vice versa. Or some kind of alternation. The only thing I perhaps wouldn't recommend is, or oh, not liking metta, I'll do some breath. Oh no, now the breath isn't working, I'll go back to metta. Oh no, now that's not, it's back to the And that kind of shifting, mainly out of aversion and restlessness, is usually not so helpful. So you just feel into, you know, what intention can you, um, feels right for the day's practice, and then you, you follow through with that in a, in a gentle but persistent way. And so when you're doing the metta, again, as an intensive practice, you do it all the time. So the walking period can be a formal metta practice. The way I like to do it, somewhat similar to how I do the breath. I start at the beginning of my walking space and I just stand, feel into the body, see if I can connect with the intention for metta, that feeling of well-wishing. I have whoever I've chosen that I'm working with and in each of these categories we usually choose just one person and for that practice period so the week or so that we'll do you stay with one benefactor or one friend and then I say the phrases as I walk and I usually make my path long enough that I can do one full set of phrases stop turn around reconnect and walk back And again, uh, one of the things I like about the metta practice is you can be a little playful or creative. Some people like to walk with their friend, kind of hand in hand. Sometimes you can carry them in your heart. Or perhaps you see them at the end of your path and you walk towards them. So see what works for you. But the general intention is to keep the phrases going in the in-between times, during your work meditation, while you're eating. Again, really gently, because we've developed this foundation of the breath, always find to come back to that, bringing in the warmth or kindness right there and keeping it really simple. If you feel overwhelmed or confused, and then if you have the intention to begin the metta again, using those supportive um, practices that I described, of the feeling in the body, center of the chest, the breath, the goodwill, and then the offering of the phrases. So it can be a very gentle practice. For me, it always takes some energy to begin it. It's kind of like the big steam engine. It has to get the 
the the heat going and then those big gears going round slowly at first. But once the momentum gets going, it can become uh, more easy and even effortless at times to develop the metta practice. And again, we have a very spacious schedule here. So see what works for you. Don't push, try to get something going. It's not about creating any particular feeling, but allowing the heart to open and access what's naturally there when the obscurations or the hindrances aren't clouding the heart and mind. This feeling of warmth or kindness can just be very naturally there. And again, choosing um, perhaps yourself and one of the friend or benefactor for these first days of the practice. I love that instruction, start where it's easy. We often think, oh, I've got to get to that difficult person or what's the most challenging issue in my life and I'll solve that, I'll meta it out of existence. And it's, it's not about that. It's really about, Ajahn Sumedho says it's like you have a big baseball bat with meta written on it. You know, <laughs> fix that problem. It's like, what, what can really help me stabilize in this quality? Just like we were talking about piti, sukha, these beautiful qualities. So we really know them on a visceral level. That's what we're looking to cultivate. So any questions this morning? Yes, Rick. I heard that uh, Anilayo in a recent retreat said that he often... Mm. 